I was back in Alabama. I hadn't eaten, had a drink, or gone to the bathroom since Montana two days ago. Every time I complained, Barry zapped me with a stun gun, and he enjoyed it. I stopped complaining. I stopped wondering. At first, I had wondered, did Jenny make the dead drop? Did Bossman95 keep his end of the bargain? Was Teresa okay? Now, I was in survival mode. I only wondered if I was about to die. This is Kill Switch 11, our final recording. Mythographists refer to it as the switch and the kill. Back at the end of that dirt road, Barry had zapped me until I told him where the SD card with the cyber weapon was. Honestly, I didn't care. Jenny hopefully delivered the data leading to a COVID cure to Seattle. Hopefully, Teresa was okay. Whatever happened to the stick cyber weapon was irrelevant to me. Screw the CIA for even building it. Barry and I hit Birmingham. I didn't remember Dakisha's address and we didn't have my phone so I couldn't check my Uber history. So we manually retraced my steps, starting with U-Haul. That allowed me to sit in the front seat next to Barry instead of the trunk where I'd spent most of the trip. Finally, we pulled up out front of Dakisha's house. What would happen if the SD card was still in Dakisha's computer? Barry would kill me for sure, right? <sighs> One problem at a time. I prayed to Keisha wasn't home. Maybe she was at work. It was the middle of the day, but God, what day was it? Barry got out the stun gun, pushed it to my chest and said, you need a reminder that you work for me. We get the card and we get out. I don't want to make a scene, numb nuts, but I will. If it happens quickly, no one gets hurt. I get the card and we're gone. That's it. Capiche? I nodded. Barry pushed the stun gun up under my chin and said, I need to hear you say the word capiche. My throat was dry. I croaked, capiche. I absolutely did not want to get stunned again. Barry pushed me toward the house. I caught a glimpse of my reflection in a window. Ugh, I looked like death, lukewarm. I could see the road rash from jumping from a moving vehicle. It had been three days since my last shower. It had been two days of being stun-gunned, starved, and punched in the face by a bouncing jack as I rode in the trunk. Barry shoved me up to Keisha's front steps. I rang the doorbell with my shoulder, and I heard something inside. Oh, no. Dakisha was home. This was bad for her. I mean, for Barry, it would be prudent that once he had the cyber weapon, he would want to clean up any loose ends. Dakisha and I were loose ends. The door unlatched. It opened. Dakisha. Before she could say anything, Barry shoved past her. 
He went to the computer, bent over, and looked in the SD card slot. Takesha grabbed the baseball bat by the door. She smartly swung it up on her shoulder and sauntered over to Barry. She looked back at me and smiled. Because of the kind of guy I am, I almost warned Barry. It's instinct. But I didn't. Takesha lifted up the bat, nearly getting it caught in the ceiling fan, and brought it down hard. Barry was out cold. Takesha turned to me. I turned to run, but stopped. Because, out of the corner of my eye, I saw my sister. Takesha set down the bat. Jenny and Teresa ran over and hugged me. I was so confused. I mean, Jenny and Teresa were here? Then Kevin appeared. Kevin said, We have a lot of catching up to do. I looked from Jenny to Teresa, then to Dakisha. They all nodded sympathetically, like I had Alzheimer's and couldn't remember anyone. Kevin hobbled over to a lazy boy chair and sat down. I asked, What happened to you? I thought you were dead, Kevin said. Well, Barry tried. It was dark. Barry pushed me off a cliff, but it wasn't as high as it looked. I landed on a ledge about ten feet down. Kevin pointed at a soft boot cast on his foot and said, I had to climb back up and walk a mile on a sprained ankle. Teresa said, A lot has changed in the last couple of days. Jenny, the cuffs? Jenny moved around behind me and started shimming my cuffs. I started sobbing. Teresa hugged me. Dakisha was crying. Then, when the cuffs were off, I hugged Teresa for the first time in weeks. She looked good. I expected a shell of a person, but she looked good. Dakisha brought me lemonade, and I sat down. Barry was lying on Dakisha's floor. He was unconscious, with knots of clothesline around his ankles and wrists, and a knot forming on his head. He was 300 pounds of too much to move, so we just stepped around him. We sat in the living room. I chugged lemonade with lots of sugar. I ate the peach pie Dakisha had made that morning. Jenny said, Barry is out cold. Everyone remember our plan for when he wakes up? Everyone nodded. My head was too full to ask what the plan was. I looked around. Dakisha's living room was small and we packed it in. Dakisha and Kevin sat in chairs. I sat on a sofa with Teresa on one side and Jenny on the other. I felt fuzzy, like the room was spinning. Dakisha said the lemonade and pie would help rehydrate me and give me energy. It wasn't working yet. Teresa said, So, uh, well, Jenny, I think you should tell him what happened since Montana. It had only been a couple of days since Montana, but explaining it all was a two-hour conversation. First off, Teresa was fine. I had spent months worried about her. I committed felonies, many, many felonies for her. And not only was she fine, she was never sick. Teresa said, Remember when that company gave me free central air as though I'd won a prize in a contest I never entered? Well, Bossman95 was behind it. He sabotaged my air conditioner with mercury. I shook my head and said, Mercury is very poisonous. Teresa said, Yes, but this was just a little bit. And at those low levels, it makes you sick in a way that mimics COVID-19. It's kind of brilliant, really. Jenny said, It appears Bossman95 wanted to give you incentive. Remember, it was after Teresa was sick that he reached out to you. I said, No, he didn't reach out to me at all. I posted on Dark World forums. Jenny said, 
He was manipulating you. He must be someone who knows what you would do. He knew how you would react. I looked at Teresa. I said, I thought you were going to die. It was horrible. Teresa said, I thought I was going to die too. It's no excuse for you to act like this, though. I said, act like what? Teresa said, committing crimes? Come on, Mom and I raised you better than that. Jenny jumped in. Guys, hey, Sean loves you, Teresa. Teresa, you love Sean. That's what this is. Love. I turned to Jenny and I said, and you. I thought our meeting had been a coincidence, but no. You're working for Bossman 95, too. You and Kevin and Barry here. You were against me the whole time. Why should I trust your theories? I was looking at Jenny, but it was Kevin who spoke. Bossman 95 hired us for the same goal as you. The night you stole the SD card, we were helping you. I said, helping me? Come on. You and Barry? Jenny said, Kevin's job was slowing Barry down. Kevin said, our objective was to help you get the SD card to Bossman 95. Jenny was on a different team inside Gateway. We ran interference. I said, that's bullshit, Kevin said. It's not. We were duped into thinking the card you stole was important data on global warming that we believed would finally convince our government of the dire need for change. Teresa jumped in. Sean, this Bossman 95 character used a different story for each of you, but all for the same goal. It was all bullshit. Jenny said. You preyed on our hopes. I got confused in Colorado. I started to wonder what was really on that card. An uncomfortable silence followed. Then Kevin said, I knew where you were because of Jenny. I didn't know who might go after you. The Axelrod teams we were on are full of bounty hunters. By doing what you did, it was easy to team up with Barry. And without my help, he would have found you a dozen times easily. He was tracking your location from your cell phone. I said, no way. I physically disabled the GPS. Kevin shook his head sadly, like he had to offer this explanation daily. He said, every carrier tracks your location using their cell towers. There isn't any GPS involved. Check your user agreement. Jenny said, It's true. They sell that data to advertisers so they can target ads to people based on their location. But there are some middlemen who also purchase the raw data and they sell it to bounty hunters. Kevin said, Barry's a security freak. He moonlights for Axelrod, but mostly he's a bounty hunter. I looked at Barry unconscious on the floor. I said, But it doesn't make any sense. If you thought it was all data about global warming, then why didn't you say so when I talked about Teresa and COVID? Jenny said, Like I said, I got confused about what was really going on. Bossman95 was gaslighting us. There is no COVID-19 data, no environmental data. That was a scam. We helped you steal the cyber weapon. That's what it is. When you examine the files, it looked just like research data, because that's what Bossman95 groomed you to expect. When you showed it to me, it looked like the kind of research Bossman95 prepped me to expect. I said, I had sticks this whole time? Jenny nodded. Yep. Every time you got online on your laptop, the countdown started. Every time you hopped off, it stopped. I said, and you delivered it to Bossman 95? Jenny nodded. She said, yep. We figured all this out after that when we located Teresa and pieced it together. Teresa said, Jenny had your phone after you left it on the airplane. I figured out your passcode and we were able to see your Lyft and Uber history as well as read all your DMs with Bossman 95. I sat back, stunned. After a moment, I said, So, you all decided to save me by coming here? Jenny nodded. Yeah, we wanted to help you, and there was that one card that was left. I said, If I had sticks all along, what's on the card that I left here? Everyone looked at Dakisha. Teresa said, So, after Jenny dead dropped the cyber weapon, she tracked me down. She wondered if I was really sick. Kevin discovered the mercury poisoning, and we started putting two and two together. Kevin said, Then I used Barry's trick on him and tracked his phone. 
As soon as it was clear he was heading to Birmingham, we all flew down here to help you and warn Dakeisha. Jenny said, We arrived yesterday. We found the address in your Uber history. Dakeisha was fidgeting. She could barely contain herself. She squeaked, And we're rich. I said, What? Who's rich? Jenny said, So Bossman95 only wanted that one SD card. He wasn't interested and didn't care about the others you took. So we examined the other four on the bus, remember, and we saw that crap, right? So what do you think could be on the last SD card that could make us all rich? I said, another cyber weapon? Dakisha burst out, no, Bitcoin. Jenny said, lots of Bitcoin, 5,000. I said, $5,000 isn't that much to get excited about. Dakisha said, 5,000 Bitcoin. I said, 5,000 Bitcoin? Holy shit, that's... That... uh, How much is that? Dakisha pulled out her phone and tapped the screen a few times. She said, Right now, Bitcoin are worth just over $10,000 each. So, that's $50 million. I said, 50 million? Dakisha nodded. 50 million each, if you split it five ways. Kevin said, Jenny let me know about the backpack in Denver. The Dark World Forum guys dox the owners of those four porn cards, and we asked for help with this card, too. The same guy are in a gateway storage for all five cards you stole, not counting the cyber weapon. He's been arrested for the content of those other cards. We didn't mention this card, Teresa said. After all this, and considering who the real owner of this Bitcoin is, we've decided to keep it. We have the wallets. Kevin cracked the passwords. Kevin shrugged, but looked pleased with himself. He said, Who's was the name of the guy's Labradoodle? He had an entire social media account dedicated to her. Sometime later, when I was a little fuzzy from champagne, Barry finally stirred. Jenny said, Okay, he's waking up. Everyone, remember what to do. As Barry began to stir, Kevin said loudly, So, we're agreed then. After dark, we roll Barry in a carpet, rent a boat at Guntersville Lake, and dump him in. We all loudly agreed. Barry started to speak, but he was gagged. I leaned down and said, What was that, Barry? I can't hear you. He struggled against the clothesline, but he was tied well. Soon it was dark. We rolled Barry in a carpet from Dakisha's son's room. Dakisha said, This carpet is nasty anyway. Been in a teenager's room for ten years. Time to redecorate. And, hey... I got enough money to do it now. Teresa smiled and said, Honey, you have enough money to move now. We put Barry in the trunk of his rental car just like he'd done to me. It was small and he barely fit. He was so heavy it took all five of us to lift him. Also, he was fighting gallantly. I mean, tied, gagged, rolled into a nasty old carpet, dropped into a trunk of a rental car rented in his name. From Barry's perspective, was there more than one thing that we could be up to? Kevin drove the rental car with Teresa as passenger, and Barry, I guess technically Barry was a passenger. Dakisha drove her minivan with me and Jenny. On the way, Jenny said, That day in the hotel, I snapped a picture of your tattoo while checking the injuries on your back. I did an image search on that dark world image search tool, where you can upload an image and it will match it. In that way, I found one of Teresa's old Instagram posts about her tattoo. She posted that she'd gotten it way back when and how her brother had a matching one, and boom, I found her. Your story checked out. I started to wonder about the SD card and the story Bossman95 fed me. 
Then I tracked back down to her high school records, found out about your mom, and found out your real name. Interesting yearbook picture, by the way. Then I was totally confused about the SD card and thought that maybe it really was COVID-19 data. I said, you're a hacker, aren't you? Jenny smiled and said, oh yeah, my husband and I are a team. I said, you're married? She said, yeah, to Kevin. I said, but we, you and me in the shower. She said, yeah, sex is often the best way to gain someone's trust. I was shocked, silent. After a moment, Jenny said, what, it's only okay when James Bond does it? Is that because he's a man? The rest of the two-hour drive was awkward. For me, Jenny seemed fine. I'm sure those were the longest two hours of Barry's life. Finally, we arrived, and we plopped Barry down at the edge of the lake, making sure to splash a little water on him. Kevin limped to the opening at the top of the carpet. He reached in and tugged the gag off of Barry. Kevin said, Hey, Barry, so here's the deal. Barry screamed bloody murder. Kevin stood back and let him scream. No one was nearby. We walked a little ways away and chatted about our plans for the money. We laughed, I hugged my sister a million times, and we waited. Finally, Barry had exhausted himself. Kevin went back over and crouched down. He said, Barry, I have a deal for you. We can either push you into that boat, he motioned toward an imaginary boat. No way Barry could see anything because of the carpet. Kevin continued, We can push you into that boat, dump you in the water, and go home. Barry started to shout again. While he did, we continued our discussion about how to obscure the Bitcoin so it wouldn't be traceable to us when we cashed it in or spent it. Kevin said, There's this thing I looked into this morning while waiting for you and Barry. It's called tumbling. You can also exchange it for other anonymous cryptocurrencies, and we can always run it through offshore accounts. Dakisha said, Like the Cayman Islands? Kevin said, Caymans would be great, but until they recover the cyber weapon, it's probably going to be tough for any of us to fly again. Takesha said, My ex-brother-in-law runs a private charter. He does a trip several times a year. Kevin said, Ooh, a boat. That's perfect. Teresa went back to her minivan to make a couple of calls. About then, Barry quieted down again. Kevin said, Listen up, okay? I can motor out in that little boat and dump you in the middle of the lake. Or... I can give you $1 million every year for the next 20 years. From the center of the roll of carpet, I heard Barry speak. His voice was dry and scratchy from all the yelling, but he said, A million dollars? Ten minutes later, Barry was out of the carpet and sitting on the edge of the open trunk, drinking some of Dakisha's lemonade. Kevin said, Let me say it again, just so that we're clear. Every year on Halloween, $1 million in Bitcoin will drop into this account. Jenny handed Barry a piece of paper. She said, Don't lose it. It's a Bitcoin paper wallet. We can't get it back for you if you lose it. Barry turned it over in his hands. He said, So all I have to do is forget this ever happened? Kevin said, Right. You take this to your grave. You won't tell the FBI anything about us. You won't try to get any more money or blackmail us or talk to us. No Christmas cards. Nothing. You see me tied to train tracks and a train barreling toward me, whistle blowing, you just leave me be. Capiche? Barry said, when do I get my first million? Kevin said, Barry, I need to hear you say the word capiche. Barry croaked. Fine, capiche. When do I get the first million? Jenny said, the first two million, you mean. Barry's eyes lit up approvingly. Jenny continued, 
The first payment and a bonus is already in there. And Barry, we've planted some evidence that implicates you in that child porn ring. You'll never find it. You can't stop it. If you cross us, a little kill switch of our own will detonate, and that evidence will be sent all over the place. FBI, Twitter, New York Times. Get me? Barry gulped and nodded. Then Kevin said, Speaking of the FBI, there is one more condition. You leave this little package with your FBI contact. Barry said, What's in it? I have to admit, I was curious, too. Kevin said, It's a little bonus information. You're going to look like a hero. Barry said, A hero? Kevin said, A hero. It's the information on Bossman 95, the man who set all of this in motion. Probably the most powerful single man in the world right now. Deliver this package. Get the FBI off our back. It's all the information on a man named uh, Stephen Matthews. Barry said, All right. I said, Wait a minute. Kevin, you dox Bossman 95? Kevin said, Yeah, sorry. I thought we mentioned it. I said, Bossman 95's real name is Stephen Matthews. Do you know who that is? Kevin said, Should I? I said, Yeah. You two are hackers, right? Jenny said so. Stephen Matthews is a hacker named Syndictu. Jenny gasped. I spun around and said, Teresa, do you still have my phone? Teresa dug in her purse and pulled it out. I walked away, looking for a phone number I hadn't called in months. The line rang, then picked up. From the other end, I heard a familiar voice. She said, What do you want, distinctive? I said, Exclusive or we need to talk. That is it. Thank you for listening to my story. I'll have another one coming soon. I always enjoy doing these, and I hope you enjoy listening to them. For updates, keep an eye on this feed and HansAnderson.com. <laughs>